It's a good show. the tape. Yeah, welcome to LTT, double it up for me, as a spice for free. Okay, welcome to the house, boy, everybody. Uh, get on inside. It's okay. I'm gonna fix this. It's just too much for me. Is this better? Are we trying, just trying to get into a good spot. It's not too echoey, not too crazy, not too funky, not too funny, not too this, not too that, not too dry, not too wet. Hi, welcome to Live the Tape with Johnny Pemberton here on Johnny Pemberton with Live the Tape on the Starburns Audio Express ship, Jackfruit Float Hope. Uh, just the jackfruit float hoat. A hoat's like a moat, but it floats, okay? It's only jumpable by goats. And we all know the joke. Jokes are kids and goats are, goats are biddable inside of everything formidable. This is admittably scum, 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 It's a scandal. We have, listen, okay? I've wanted to talk about this for a long time, but we've pretty much... We figured out that we have a scandalous mandible in charge of this uh, candle handle. <laughs> you can't put a handle on a candle, can you? Okay. Uh, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to be here. Uh, it's so nice to have you, too. Are you at a Japanese restaurant? This is a cool episode. I'm really excited to be using this new... You're at a Japanese restaurant. I got called a Space Case. Okay. The Space Case TE1. Whatever. This is just... I'm just testing this thing out. This is beautiful... Analog tape delay made by a wonderful man named Jim in New York City. This is handmade. Hey. Oh, my God. It's cool. He took a Marantz. Hey, hey, are you at a Japanese restaurant right now? It sounds like you are. Yes, you got me, okay? I'm at a Japanese restaurant, okay? Now, back to what I was saying. I knew it. I knew it. I believe a Marantz tape deck, a cassette tape deck, and he, he does all kinds of incredibly high-end electro-engineering on this thing, so that I do stuff like this. How does that sound to you? It sounds fucking great to me. Especially when I put it Oh, now I'm getting a little, little bit hot. I just scale it back a little bit, right, buddies? Yeah, I just scale it back a bit. And this is the tone I really enjoy for you right now. This tone. 
So that's what that is right now. It's the sound you're hearing. It's the sound that's endearing me to you, you to me, and all these things that are free. Uh, bubble, bubbles and bubbles of troubles and rebels and, and skis. So that's that. I want to let you know that the only way to support the podcast is by going to patreon.com slash live to tape. That's patreon.com slash live to tape. There's multiple input, uh, input styles of being involved with this. You can choose your fortune and pick your pick your way, pick your path. It's just like going to Red Lobster, except it's cheaper and better and um, better for the environment, tastes better. Your clothes won't smell like you work at a restaurant, even though you don't work at a restaurant. Do people who people work at restaurants, your clothes smell like a restaurant? Or is it just like one of those things where it's like how smokers' clothes don't smell like cigarettes because they can't smell it, or maybe it is, and I don't even know what I'm talking about. Either way... Patreon.com slash live to tape uh, to support the podcast that you know and love. And also, it doesn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. Doesn't, it definitely helps and it doesn't hurt if you go to uh, your local thing that, that does the reviews and rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, okay? Subscriptions are very important because that gives us all the, uh, all the heat, okay? It's, that means you just get that delivery every week. Okay, I'm going to say this for the last time. I believe this is the last time I'm going to have a chance to tell you about my tour. Actually, I'll probably tell you about the tour the week of. But uh, next week, I'm starting a tour on the East Coast. I will be in Boston on the 6th of June. I will be in New York City on the 8th of June at Union Hall. I will be in Philadelphia on Saturday, June 9th at Good Good. I will be in Washington, D.C. at The Big Hunt, June 10th. I will be in Norfolk, Virginia, June 11th. I will be, and that's at the, uh, the Old Dominion University Theater, June 11th. And then June 12th, I'll be at the Dead Crow in Wilmington, North Carolina. June 13th, the final show of the tour, I'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina at Union Station. Okay, you might have not heard all those. If you haven't heard them, check my Instagram, which is Johnny underscore Pemberton. And also check... Twitter, which is at Johnny Pemberton, and you also can see all this stuff on the Discord, which is a part of the accessible by via Patreon and all that stuff. So, if, if you want to come to any of these shows, any of the cities, if you live nearby or in the cities, there's no excuse. Get your tickets. There's ticket links for every show, so you can go ahead and get those tickets. I want to see you. I want to see you there. Please come. Please come to those places. They're gonna be super fun and cool and weird. It's gonna be just like like the podcast but amplified in a way that is unable to be amplified in this way that we do it right here. Does that make sense? I think it makes some sense. It makes just enough sense to make sense. It doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. It doesn't make sense. It's not my job to make everything make sense to you because I can't custom tailor every message. So you have to take your brain and figure out how to wrap it around what you're hearing and make find it, find a good path for that and find an insertion path for that, for that railway railway car. Thank you. Please enjoy my guest now. This is a wonderful guest. Oh my God, it's a wonderful guest. Great podcast. We had a super good time. It was one of those things where we just got off the rails immediately. And it was like, hey, you like that? I like that. Who likes that? We like that. It's the thing that we won't like. Takes a little thing to make a night so bright. It's called the moon. It's called the moon. It's called the moon. The moon, the moon, the moon. The moon. Yeah. 
This is wild. I, I've never used one of these. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> a microphone. A microphone. John Capris, improv comedian, has never used a microphone. I am freestyle. John Capris, all fucking natural. <laughs> Bouncing my voice off the back of the room. If you are not all fucking natural, you are not all fucking John motherfucking Capris. <laughs> Suck, 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 Similar name to the host of the show. His name is John Gabris. It's J O N, though. J O N, please. No H. Never done it. Never doing it. We've got a Jonathan versus a John. John O E John O. John O E John O. Mono E Mono. Kronos versus Konos. Kona versus Kodo. Beastmasters, ferrets. Beastmaster versus the ferret boys. Hi, John. Hi, John. <laughs> this is the moment when I said to myself, maybe you should have listened to one episode of the podcast. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, you're okay, though. You no, can, I'll be. No, I'm. You can I'm, flow. I, I know. Can, I know you. I know you can flow. This is so exciting. I'm so. I'm like giddy right now. Really? That's awesome. I mean, you just, you know, when like you play with a toy you've never played with before, no matter how silly yeah. it is. Like if your nephew has like a remote control car it's and you cool. haven't played with one in 20 years, all of a sudden you're like, this you're is like, so fun. That is the thing about toys. Toys, man, toys are fucking. They work. Toy, they really toys. do work. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're brought to you by toys. They're fun. <laughs> In case you weren't wondering, they are fun. Toys are fun. Toys coming to a cinema near you soon. Robert toys. Williams, LL Cool J. Oh my uh, God. Joan Cusack. Did you see that movie back in the day? Oh yeah. Me too. I remember... really thought it was going to be like a Robin Williams comedy yeah. or something. Yeah. I also remember thinking that because that yeah that was probably like in the hate. Uh, that was back when I was like really into anything like that in the theater with Robin Williams comedy wise. Yeah. Remember seeing that? I probably saw it with my parents. I remember thinking, being kind of embarrassed, felt like this is uh this is weird. Have you have you revisited it? I have not re- uh, not recently, but uh, like 10 years later I did rewatch. I had the same experience. I think I saw it with my parents and I wasn't embarrassed, but I was definitely pretending to like it more than I did yeah. because that's something I did as a kid where I was like, "No, I told you I wanted to go to this and now I know I'm going to just stick by my guns." You're and, all in. And I have to like lie and be like, "That was actually pretty cool with the camouflage when LL Cool J was in the bathroom or whatever." You know, what? actually that was kind of cool. That was the best okay. part of the movie. <laughs> I think I feel like I should rewatch it maybe when you rewatch it what you you're like, oh, this is really good. It just was above me, or was no, it just straight up not that great? It's when you have like now that you can like understand with hindsight, right. if you will, watching it. I was like, oh, this movie is like 
taking a swing and missing. What's but it? like it's taking a fucking swing. Taking a swing at something or just taking a swing like trying to be They're good. doing something big. They're okay. doing yeah, they're making bold choices and it and it fails. But you didn't know that I didn't recognize that as a kid. So I now I appreciate it on the level of like this is an insane premise for a movie. Isn't that funny when before you uh become in Hollywood you realize that that everyone's it's like you like, oh that guy that guy made a crap movie. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> now that you're in here you're like yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> Every he made a, made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, uh, just the fact that he got to make movies was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, he's not dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's like the best thing. I talk about this in the podcast before with people about how like there's always that thing where people will ask you like, hey, hey remember that guy? Uh, whatever happened to him? Yeah. And you're like, he's busting his ass. I yeah. would get. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's just doing something you don't fucking know about, asshole. <laughs> yeah, maybe his life is much better because now he like lives in San Diego and teaches stand-up paddle. Boarding. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought you were about to say teach a stand-up comedy, and I was about to say, no. That's how your life gets way better is when you start that. teaching stand-up in San Diego. Did you ever take stand-up classes? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken improv classes, right. which is just as weird thing to do. And I've taught improv classes, which is even weirder. Right. Oh, man, that must be... That's got to be tough, because I've taken a bunch of improv classes... Probably like maybe five or six, or... I don't know how many I've taken. But I've taken enough. Enough to see... A teacher have to deal with a person who is just doesn't get it. Just doesn't get it is or is problematic or is like completely misguided as to what the entire premise of improv, improv and improv comedy yeah. is. Yeah. How do you deal with that? It's you sort of like the only way I, I don't do it correctly, but I sort of like gr- like go like, all right, man. Well, that wasn't the exercise at all, and like kind of like roast them a little bit and like get the class behind it in a positive way of like, what a silly guy, huh? You don't ever hey, get angry? Uh, no, I only get angry at people who uh, would like w- not try or like actively oh. tank stuff. Or if I'm like, this is the fifth time you've played a Chinese guy and your name is Gary from fucking Indiana. Gary, <laughs> Indiana, that's a real place. Oh my god, that's gotta be fucking. <laughs> that's the hard. really hard part is when you're just like, or and you know what else? There's like a weird old person prejudice. At least I haven't taught in like five years, yeah. and, and like younger kids would be like weirded out by. I'm like, no, you're gonna be this guy when you're 40. Just deal with, oh, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah, 22 year olds like. We had this like awesome like older Asian dude in the class once who was like uh, he was like telling a story about doing ayahuasca and having like the best sex of his life, Damn. and it was the coolest fucking story. But I could tell everyone was like upset, like the, like all the twenty year olds and eighteen year olds were all like, "That's weird." I was like, "What? This is this guy's more interesting than all of you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's telling a story that isn't about an audition or about another acting class. Yeah. People, act, the worst part about acting classes is that actors are in it. So like, <laughs> dude, I feel the same way. I've taken just as many, almost as many acting classes as improv class, and something where, well, for acting classes are worse. Yes, because they're like just less are, fun. Yeah, at least because it's at least if you're dealing with a bunch of shitheads and overpaying for something that you should just be able to do. Yeah, like at least improv is like the end goal is like fun playtime. Yeah, you have to be an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. But there's there's certain actors that have this thing where you feel like you're in a with a bunch of people who can't see a color that you can see, and it's so frustrating. You're like, dude, no, you. you you don't see. You're so unaware. Right. Yeah. You're either. like you're missing like a whole. 
like I, I like I think in the couple of acting classes I've taken, and I and I need to take more. I'm not good at acting, and every time I sign up for Says one, it's the guy who's an actor. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, every time I take one, I'm like end up quitting because everyone in the class really? drives me crazy. Yeah, and, and it's like you're talking about the people can't see. To me, it's like I don't think you can learn how to be an actor yet because you don't know how to act. As a person. Yeah. So often these people are like, you know, these like kind of half buff dudes and like V-necks and jeans right. who are like, they're just like ripping off Sean Penn or whatever. Or like they just came straight from fucking Gary, Indiana. I don't know why I keep saying that. Welcome to Gary. Hi, I'm Gary. Gary, Gary Indiana. Hi, this is Gary. Hi, Gary Indiana. You're on line six. Yeah, I was just calling in. I had a couple of quick questions. Uh, Indiana trivia questions. Okay, we can take your Indiana trivia questions off air, actually, asshole. After. Off air. All right, so uh, give me a call back off the air, please. Okay, we're actually off air now. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, well, now that we're not recording anymore, just a couple of quick questions about Indianapolis trivia, Indiana trivia specifically. So what is the capital of Indiana? Capital of Indiana is, uh, I actually know this. I'm pretty sure I know this. This is actually shit. I used to know. Do you used to know? Do you know what it is? I don't. That's why I called in to ask. Okay, do you, so you're from, calling from Indiana. You don't know the capital of your own state. It's really I believe it's. Indianapolis is it my is, guess. It is Indianapolis. Uh, listeners, we have a confirmation. The capital of Indiana. Wait, is, so we are on the air? I was under the impression this was off the air. I always do this to people. I tell them we're off the air so they don't clam up. Oh, my God. I almost said a slur. You really? Okay. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're on a two-second time delay. Uh, or Gary in the booth would have caught it. All right. So, well, that's great because yeah. some fucking cut me off in traffic. Oh, do you think Bill's going to be able to say fuck soon on TV? I can't. Of course. I think eventually TV, we're going to like just see like dongs. Like Everyone's yeah. going to have to compete with uh, streaming. Oh, yeah. Because I guess I was about to say, what is TV? Yeah, what is TV, dude? People say, people talk about Netflix like it's TV. Yeah. I think like kids, like, mm-hmm. you know, 12-year-olds consider their iPad to be TV as much TV. as like, like... I think there's a generation of people, and maybe I'm just, you know, the kids I know are children of Are you comedians. technically a Gen Xer? I, I think I'm the last year of millennial or Gen Xer because you I'm... the first year of millennial. First year of millennial, yeah, 1982. Okay. Because I'm like the oldest... I, at least that's what I read an article, yeah. It's hard. It's yeah, hard being like us. Zillennials. Because you like, have this over there, but then there's that over there. I mean, kind which of, one is it? I kind of like it because we are internet capable, like tech capable, right. but we can remember a life without it. When did you get a cell phone? I think I got a cell phone because my mom is wildly overbearing. Okay. I got a cell phone when I was like 16 or 17. So that's, that's like 99, oh, Okay. See, I didn't have one then. I had one. I didn't get one until I was 21. Oh. I was I, after college. I did not need one. All I did yeah. with it was text my high school girlfriend and uh, call my mom to say I made it to location A safe. What did you text your high school girlfriend a lot of? Uh we did, We never did like dirty text because it was like took forever bit. on T nine, you know, like right when you have to used to have to hit like to get to B you have to hit uh, two twice. But doesn't that make it all the more luxurious? <laughs> yeah, it's a, the time it takes to say my cock, my is, cock, just giggling is, while you try to send a text. <laughs> say cock, my cock, my cock. 
Um, I uh, I used to have a beeper. So I, oh. me and my girlfriend, before we got cell phones, like my first girlfriend in high school, we would beep each other and like good night, oh. like uh, which was four five or something like that, four six. And was, then how many vibrations was it? Oh, I don't know. Did it vibe? It vibed. We could vibe it. Did you ever do that thing where you like put it in your pants? Oh, I like, should. Yeah, and call me. Yeah, call me. And just keep saying it at a restaurant. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. I'm receiving of a beeper. A bunch of pe- bunch of pe- <laughs> listeners. If you don't know, John Gabris is a hilarious comedian and actor. Yes. And I first I remember seeing your show, your solo show you did in Tulsa. And being like so oh, blackout drunk, yeah, yeah. I was like so taken by the stories you told. It's so interesting to me because, like, I mean, I it's something where you talk about your dad a lot, and it's just so funny to me because you you want to can you tell like a little piece of that story? Yeah, I think you're referring to the one like uh, my dad uh, was furious. My I lived with my dad like most people did, and we did not get along because he was super strict. And I so was so your nightmare. parents were separated. No, my parents were together. Oh, so you live with your mom both and my your parents, dad. yeah, okay. and two brothers. This is in and a dog. New Jersey, Long Island, Long Island. Okay, on the island, as we say, feeling eily. Uh, we, we, me, and my dad did not get along, um, and because I was a mess, I was like an outside dog that lived in the house, and uh, one night. You mean you were like a mess, like a party boy? Yeah, I was a little bit of a party boy, but also just like a, you know, I started drinking early, like party, not like, I would call it not problem drinking, but I think like doctors would say otherwise, just like drinking every weekend starting in like eighth or ninth grade. Oh my God, so fucking cool, dude. I didn't (laughs) drink it. It was cool, but it was just like just drinking in a field, freezing your ass off and, and like spending every Friday at school and every Saturday all day long trying to figure out how to get beer, you know, like that's- At school? Yeah, like we would be like Friday at school, would be like, who's going right. to get beer? And be like, right. oh, yeah, I think Brayton's older sister can use a lot, you know? Right. And like it would be like, who? one person would get a fake ID and then discover that the Sevs on Newbridge Road doesn't understand fake, you know, like, we can go, let's go. Everyone, like, go in there and buy a case of 40s. Like, would be like. Were you an athlete? <laughs> I played football and swam okay. in high school, but wasn't really an athlete until right. college. But so back then, you were party boy. I was a little bit of a party boy. Yeah, I was a little bit of a, you know, I had like a budding little Van Wilder personality. I was a little bit of a loser in high school, so I had like... I came out of my shell progressively, and then in college, when you started drinking, yeah, and then by the time I got to college, I was like trying to be the coolest kid on campus. Where uh, was this? Uh, Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie. Where'd you go to school? Did you go to college? Florida State, baby. Oh shit, dude, go Knowles, baby. Florida State. Florida State, love it, Knowles, baby. I'm part of the boosters. We pay for this field, okay? We're gonna park here. <laughs> Right for stay, you know, go, Gators go home. That must have been a fucking wild time. It was wild, but I didn't even know. It was one of those things where... You were, like, not part of what was the wild time there? I mean, I did. I participated, but it was one of those things where, in hindsight, I realized, oh, that was crazy. That right. wasn't like, because my girlfriend, she went to an arts college, went to <laughs> pa- Art Center in Pasadena, and she talks about her experience. I'm like, girl... You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know how to start a keg. That's how I feel about when I'm meeting a bunch of comedians, too, is always like, wow, we had very different yeah. childhood experiences. Like, you, like th- this is your first party at 31. Are you, <laughs> you know? serious? Who you met like that? That's <laughs> no, crazy. I don't know. I was just thinking of, like, dorky theater kids who yeah. go on to do comedy and shit like that. Yeah, I guess I did party pretty hard, but not, like, as hard as I could have, obviously, because I did, I did graduate. <laughs> yeah. So Damn, man. Regrets. Should have went back partied harder. Florida State allows you to do a lot and still graduate. I'm sure.
sure, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, also now, isn't it crazy? Like, when's the last time college came up with the exception of telling a story? Like, I've never. Like, Nothing. That's all it's for. Imagine it's here, like, uh, your callback for Zorn. And they're like, oh uh, and just a quick, what was your GPA at Florida State? You're it like, was, uh, fuck you. <laughs> Piss everywhere. We love him. We yeah. love him. He's great. He <laughs> doesn't it? care about the rules, but he's still following them. He didn't destroy anything, he just urinated. <laughs> He thinks outside the box, that little pee-pee boy. There really is a thing, though, isn't it? It's like Hollywood almost rewards you if you're like a... They don't... They want to be around a bad boy that's bad enough to, to like, so people can snicker, but not bad enough that uh, it affects the production and financials in any way. Yeah, Uh They're just like... And I think... Uh, we're finding uh, Hollywood is finding that those people are eventually end up being problems. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. I think it's like a cycle, though. You know. Yeah. There's always people who come up as. I don't even. It's it's. Who, do you? I don't know if I. I want to get into you, baby. Yeah. Let's not talk about. No. Let's the, talk about some fucking Jamook. The the person whose names we're purposely not saying. Anymore. I can't even think anymore. It's like yeah. I don't even know. I can't remember who's done what and who hasn't done wh- oh, yeah. what not. Who hasn't done what not? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't remember who's done what and who's who hasn't done. I don't know who's been here and who's been passing through. Yeah, I don't know whose line it is anyway. Hey. <laughs> hey. I don't, maybe we have a different version of it. We would say, but he will he will raise you up yeah. on eagle. He will, will raise you up on eagle's wings. Let's, let's get some auto tune in here. This yeah, because I sing. cannot actually sing. Yeah, we're, we're kind of like trying to match each other. We're missing that. We're missing the. We're missing. We're missing that. We're missing. Okay, here we go. Let's try to. Uh, he will, will raise you up. On eagle's wings Did you change your voice? Give you something you can take home <laughs> to mom That's not Ask you questions you cannot answer if you try Throw him with him inside of him <laughs> The power of the Holy Spirit <laughs> oh my All glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father Forever and ever The power and glory is yours, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. (laughs) It's funny, like, what stuff I remember and what stuff I don't. It just comes back to you. Um, Through him, with him, and me and my brothers used to get in big trouble with uh, Mama Gabris because we would do through him, with him, deep inside of him. (laughs) And we would always just say shit like that. Allow the Lord Jesus inside of you. Let him penetrate your soul. Yeah, that was trouble. Did you have to go like every Sunday? Uh, We didn't go with my family so much. I went to school. And oh, I got because you went to Catholic school. Yeah, I went to Catholic school from seventh grade till senior year. Oh, okay, so high school. yeah. And I got in tr- I got detention once because I was laughing at the word, the printed word of Hosea, which we don't know is H O. It's hose. 
With an A on it. Yeah. I was trying to show my friend that. I was like laughing at Hosea. <laughs> and he was like, it's not funny. Stop it. Because uh, Mr. Grieve was watching us. And I just kept laughing. And I got detention. Like, what, what were you doing? What were you laughing at? I'm like, I'm just the word the hose. <laughs> it's hose. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my brother farted in church on Easter. And it was Ooh. really quiet. And we just could never gain control of our giggles back. Oh, that's one of those things that it is the funniest thing that's ever happened in the history of time. It is a suppressed laughter in church. Oh, it's truly, I know it's like a trope or like a, you know, but it really, a woman came over to my mom and was like, could you uh, please keep these kids under control? Like on Easter Sunday. And we were laughing. So, and we just like, and then the second we would die down laughing, we would like look at each other and my brother would like raise his eyebrows or like lift a cheek like he was going to fart. And then we would just, and my mom had to leave Easter mass early with us. And my dad worked nights. And we're driving home, and we're like, we're sorry, Mom, we're sorry. Like, she's so obviously angry. It takes so much to get my mom absolutely pissed like that. Oh, but that's what, that's what did it. And she's like, your father will be home at midnight. He'll talk to you then. And we just got home, and we just, me and my brothers faked like we were asleep. So How we many have, brothers you got? I have two younger brothers. Okay, so it's the three of you. The three of us. We're power all trio. Just pre- power trio. <laughs> just pretending like we're, we're Blink-182. Right? So Tom DeLonge, is, we're all sleeping, and my dad is like, wake up. He just gets home from work. He's like, guys? And we're like, we're all like, oh, oh you know, like trying to pretend like we're asleep. What is it, dad? And he's like, get out here. And we just like lined Ooh. us up and just Where's fuck. Where's here? Out the, in the living yard? room. Yeah, okay. in the yard. <laughs> The Come snow. out of the yard and see what you can bench, brother. No, he like just fucking <laughs> destroyed us. Like what? Just like verbal, verbal screaming lashing? at us, slapping at our, slapping our asses and shit. Slapping your asses? Yeah. Like like spanking. Spanking. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, but my dad used to do like backhanded spanks. That was like the thing. He would like he wouldn't do like multiple like bend over. You take. He would run into the room and like backhand you on the ass or the arm or the sh- or the back and be like. So it wasn't like abusive. You don't feel like it was abusive. More just like rough. It like was traditional. Yeah. Quote unquote. It was tradition. Yeah. When I tell anyone about it, everyone either has. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that generation. Or no, you were abused. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I feel weird because I don't, I feel like I had similar sort of stuff, but. I definitely would not count it as abuse. But if I saw someone do what my dad did to me to a kid now, I would have like such judgment for them, right? Yeah. Because the times are just different. It's weird because I don't don't know. Because sometimes it's like I feel like I deserve to get popped, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I didn't get popped sometimes, I probably would have gotten in much worse trouble later on. I will say it ruined my relationship with him. And uh, But fear of my father like made me not be a bad person. (laughs) So is that what sort of caused the deterioration you feel like is that sort of that sort of uh yeah relationship where it's like you're in trouble and you are punished i'm either trouble in trouble or doing everything in my power to not get in trouble and it's like that's not a great way and to you still fucked it. up right yeah well it's always just like the inf- also i was the oldest so like and this is yeah. just something me too i'm oldest yeah, yeah. how many do you have younger have three younger oh did you notice like how much easier everything was for them was that a big thing in your family? Because that's kind of something I'm still kind of bitter about. I'm not really sure. You know, I think it was and it wasn't. It's one of those things I kind of feel like as time goes on, it's both. It's one of those things where, you know, when someone says, like, oh, it's, you're so lucky to be this way. Like, yeah, that's true. But there's also a lot of draw. There's always drawbacks right, to everything. Right, yeah. I guess that's, that's how I feel about that is maybe it was easier for them, but it wasn't really hard for me in the right. sense like I didn't, I didn't have that kind of family dynamic where I was scared of getting in trouble with my dad. Yeah, so it was more I, just like he wasn't like super present. Everything was cool. Like it feels like after uh, when my middle brother was born that my parents were like, you want to try like, or at least when he was 14 or 12, they, 
they were like, you want to try going like easier on them and see if that helps? <laughs> like, and they were like, and then I just watched my brothers like get that treatment. And oh, I was like, right. oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah that's I was a classic like, thing. Oh, but, but you made me do this. My curfew was 10 o'clock, junior year of high school. You know how fucking embarrassing that is? And my, well, your brother has the same curfew as you now. I'm like, that's not fair. I'm three grades ahead of him. Like, and then what you're rooting for in a weird way is for someone, for your brothers to have it shittier. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, that's just life that's unjust right isn't there like a weird experiment where it's like um i can give you uh fifty thousand dollars now but Uh i'm gonna give all of your friends a hundred thousand or i can give you twenty five thousand and give all your friends ten thousand and i feel like there's some numbers like takes the ladder everyone takes the ladder because they'd rather just be better than the people around Uh, even taking less money for themselves that's probably some bullshit like uh some ancient part of the brain that just it's like survival. Yeah. It's just like if uh, if it's worse for people, other people, uh, there's more stuff for me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not an anthropologist. Not anymore. Not, not no more. <laughs> not since that lawsuit where you really no. got things wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was really uh, anthropologizing. I was uh, street, street anthropologizing and I uh, just got out of hand, you know? Street anthropology. I was uh, telling telling people their skull shapes and was where they came from. It's measuring skulls in Times Square. Yeah, I was measuring <laughs> skulls in Times Square. I had to move out here and uh, start acting to pretend to get away from that. That was a lot of a lot of fuzz, a lot of heat on me back then. Yep, yep, yep. So Doctor Pemberton, Doctor Pemberton's Skullquarium was closed. Yep, it's Bum. still it's still available, but you have to. It's you know I can't charge admission. Right. <laughs> I can't profit from the I can't profit from the lies. <laughs> I want to hear about the Capicola. Oh, yeah. So that I, shit gets me. Like, it's something about that is so funny to me. My dad, like, a big thing was cold cuts growing up. Like, where's. Because my, da- my dad was the son of a butcher. So, okay. like, to them, the highest thing you can have is, like, the best thing you could have. And they, he, he was super poor, which we heard about count, count, right. countlessly. He. Or constantly. Endlessly? Endlessly. Um, he. So cold cuts were primo. Like they, the, there was nothing better you can have in life than a sandwich. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like we would have sandwiches for dinner a couple nights a week. Like just white bread and cold cuts it was so you know. And one of the big things was you just couldn't finish the roast beef. That was like for my dad. Right. I remember one time I finished the milk before when I was going to karate. We had cereal <laughs> and I finished the milk before he had it for his coffee. And oh boy, did we hear it! But didn't you didn't you tell also in that same uh, yeah, personal that, story about how your dad? I remember hearing something about he would drive two towns over to right. go to a Enzo's Deli in Massapequa Park because they knew how to slice the boar's head correctly. But yeah, it was boar's head. It was boar's head. And also, and for people who don't know the geography of Long Island, to drive two towns to go to the deli means on your pe- no matter what route you take, you're passing nine delis. <laughs> Every town in Long Island has like six to seven delis, a couple of bagel stores, a couple of uh, Italian ice places, and four to five Dwayne Reed CVSs. Have boar's head. They all have boar's head. Boar's head is a national brand. It's everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, they know how to do it. They slice the meat thin, and they slice the cheese thick <laughs> the way I like it. Is your dad Italian? No, he's. Uh, we are, actually he was raised in like a German household, which sounds insane. But his stepdad was German, and he would just tell us he was German. And it wasn't until like, actually, my wife and I think I've said this on another podcast, but my wife a few years ago was just like, well, if your dad's dad wasn't actually German, then you're not German. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. And I don't know what my dad's dad is, so I have no idea. So you don't know what you are, really? Yeah, I know my mom is Italian, 100%. 100% and Italian. That, yeah, and okay. my dad is something. And I don't know what it is. So I'm going to do that cheek thing, that 23 and me. 
Oh, you are? I want to, just to be curious. Are you scared to do it? Because Are you scared to find out something you don't want to find out, or scared that it's going to be so boring you're going to be disappointed? I'm scared that I'm going to be in some weird database. I just like All right. did a podcast with yeah. a scientist, dude, and he was like, you know, a finger, because you have to give a finger, fingerprint and DNA, Yeah, and those are the two things that can put you in jail. You're locked in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're locked in. Uh, Someone can put your fingerprint and your DNA in any location in your phone. But the thing is, if, if your parents have done it, then you're also in there. Right, right. So that's the thing. It's like, oops, you already fucking... It's too, too late. late. Too late. We're all fucked now. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's... I, I guess I'm not scared about that. I'm just more scared to learn that I just have nothing going on in my past. Right. That's even remotely interesting. Well, I think based on what you're... Like your full name that you are probably at white European as yeah. much as possible. Yeah, John Dejernet Pemberton is probably <laughs> the third... <laughs> His wife. But that's the thing. That's like so. It's so boring. I mean, it's not like I haven't been living that way, anyways. I already live with the idea that I have zero heritage that's of interest to me, or right. or uh, a source of pride. So, yeah, I have none of that. I have none of that either. Even like amongst Italians, which I think is like yeah. a lot of people have their Italian pride. But you're half. That's a lot of Italian. Half that's a lot of Italian. Italian. Yeah. Um, but when you don't have the name, like when it's your mom's half, you know what I mean, like. I, I, What's your mom's maiden name? Valentino. Oh! Should I not have been Johnny Valentino? Should I have joined oh the business God, of John Johnny Val Valentino? Hey, it's me, Johnny Valentino, here to read for the role of fat scumbag number two. <laughs> I love thinking about that shit, like all that uh, that Godfather stuff where the guy's an actor. It's like, Yo, we're going to help this guy out. Like the mob <laughs> yeah. helping you get parts by strong arming the people into to hiring you. At this point, I would fucking take it. <laughs> I would fire UTA and sign with the Mafia. <laughs> yeah, Mafia. All right, look, this guy, we got this guy. He's really funny. You're going to fucking like him. You understand me? <laughs> well, I'm not going to like you. He's a good improviser. The guy's got good chops. And he just came off of a couple of seasons of a web series that you need to check out. <laughs> and if you don't check it out, I don't give a fucking shit. You're going to hire this guy. He's our guy. fucking guy. Sag scale plus 10%. Now fucking sign it, bitch. <laughs> this is our guy. He's your guy now, too. <laughs> that would be awesome to watch like some movie that has some really out of place like Ginzo in it. <laughs> like, a Ginzo? Wait, I don't think I... Did we talk about this word before? Uh, did we? I, feel like we I say it a lot. I feel like we have had this conversation. Just, Possibly on my episode of... Your episode of my podcast. I forgot it because it's so good and I feel like We I did because we were talking about weird slurs. Ginzo. Ginzo. And Ginzo, yeah, Ginzo is like sort of a light slur. It's like Guido. It's not really... It's more like an archetype than a... Uh, you know. What about Chooch? A chooch is in there. Like, what is that? A chooch is like some like to me when you say like this guy's a fucking chooch. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he's here, but like we got to deal with him. You know, like I fucking love chooch. I love chooch. It's chooch is like a fanook. You know, like this fucking fanook. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that? These are like Italians and Italian Americans. I think even more. Oh have, yeah. Like, so much like random fucking vocab words. Fanook. Yeah. This fucking fanook. Is that the same as a chooch? I think so. Like, a fanook is more dumb, and a chooch is more, like, in my head, like, goofy. Like, oh, he's a fucking chooch. And it's not necessarily a, a full dig. Right. Yeah. We, I went to this guitar camp uh, when I was in high school to learn, play bass with my friends. I was, like, I was a musician, right? There was a teacher there. His name, I can't remember his name. His name was John something. The most Italian motherfucker you've ever seen in your life. Like, long, permed hair. <laughs> He looked like a cartoon of an Italian like radio DJ from the 80s, right? Big fucking mouth. Always fucking talk like this. And he always say, hit a buddy whose name was Art. 
And Art was like the most little creepy, kind of like a, like a little creature, like stoner dude ever. It was like five five, shaved head. They always go, hey, look at that! I looks like some fucking baby eagle over there. Oh, <laughs> uh, you need salad for lunch? Ah, uh, that's gonna leave your ass quacking. Oh, uh, look at that chooch! Ah, uh, chooch! Fucking art! Hey, art! <laughs> I love that baby eagle. <laughs> you look like an eaglet. An eaglet? Is that what a baby? Yeah, I, I think know. you're right, man. It might be. Uh, let's talk about some music now. Yeah, let's you talk, talk about, about some, some music. Yeah, please. Let's talk about. THX Digital Surround Sound. You're listening to Live the Tape with guest John Gabris. Now entering the musical section of the podcast in which we. Alright, this is the portion in which we. This is the portion in which we have. This is the portion in which we. (laughs) (laughs) So I talked to you before and asked you to send me a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I gotta say, like, this this is great because you picked some stuff that's like. Honestly, it's the most mainstream stuff I've ever played in the podcast, but it's such a funny thing to do that. I it's like, that, it's yeah. great. I love that. Because I feel like a lot of times I get in this hole where I'm trying to think of them, what's the most obscure thing I can possibly play to yeah. like, trick people or like to, to get them, oh, you guys have never heard this before. And it's so nice to do the opposite. Well, for me, it was, again, I uh, probably should have listened to an episode or two of your podcast beforehand because when you were like uh, uh, five songs, I was like, oh, cool, like uh, popular, do they have to be my favorite? Do I need story? So I pick songs that I have like stories or like yeah, that that's have great, effect though. on me in life. Yeah. The one, the first one you told me about was a song called "Down Eastern Alexa" by Billy Joel. Yeah, which is a fucking personal favorite of mine. Is it? It's oh, like one. Oh, it is my favorite Billy Joel song. And being from Long Island, I have to be a Billy Joel fan. Because this, he's from Long Island. Yes, and this song is about like Montauk. It is. Yeah, it's about fishing. It's about Montauk. See, I always figured. Well, when I heard this song, I remember listening to my friend Jonathan because he had the cassette. This is from the album Stormfront that also oh, yeah. features the song. Uh, we didn't start the fire. That song is. Uh, we didn't start the fires on Stormfront. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm pretty sure it is. Right, that's a good question. Uh, it's hard with Spotify now to remember albums. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I think the new stream. The only thing streaming has really effed me over as is like I can't remember what song was on what album. It's changed so much crap. Yeah. Should we? Do you want to talk about it first? No, or we, can, we can just let's play. play. Okay, yeah. we're gonna listen to this song about fishing. Oh my god. I love this epic bullshit storytelling. I haven't listened to this in 20 years. Yeah, it's the name of his boat, which is also his daughter's name, Alexa. Well, I'm on oh my god. Alexa, and I'm I'm so hyped right now. Is he Irish? Oh, I don't know. He's just. <laughs> probably. Probably, yeah. I have across to the vineyard, but That's tonight <laughs> I am <laughs> <Tuckin> bound. <laughs> oh man. Took on diesel back in the yesterday. Took on diesel? Yeah. Okay. Filled up the boat. Okay. From the Bell in Gardner's Bay. This is name checking like crazy, right? Yep. He's just giving you his path that he's taking the boat around the island. Own the boat. Pay. 
jams. <laughs> Ocean front jams. Fisherman hits. And I still have my hands on the wheel. <laughs> this part is great. Large, great. <laughs> I make a rap version. Yeah. <laughs> Fishes. Boats. No <laughs> you can't stripers. It's so specific. Amen. Like my father was before. Can't make a living as a bayman anymore. There may no more of man who works the sea. I understand how scream therapy is therapeutic at that moment. Yeah, totally. Just going, I, I, oh. it's, it's so fun. What is he saying there? I, just he's just thing. saying, I, I, oh. is it, it must be some sort of an, an ancient Irish way <laughs> to tell you're coming it's a, home. It's a fisherman's chant. It is. That's what it is, my friend. That's a fisherman's chant. It's a fisherman's chant. It is. I'm calling out the fish. Swordfish. Stripers. Can't they tell me they can't sell no stripers? Like, that's such a funny. This is a song uh-huh. where a guy is complaining about he can't sell a certain type of fish <laughs> he's caught on his boat, which he keeps singing about this, the name of his boat. Yeah, he's, cra- he's married to a supermodel and it's crashed. Several Porsches. Oh well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Billy Joel that's really funny. Is like there ain't much island left for an islander like me. Uh-huh. The people who actually pushed all the fishermen and like surfers and shit out of the east end of Long Island, Montauk, were millionaires like Billy really? Joel. Yeah, dudes who build fucking mansions out there in the Hamptons and Montauk yeah. and turn it from a surf and fish town into a fucking uh, uh, a, a Hamptons special east. place yeah. to live. Yeah, a very fancy place to have a summer home. I'm a Gunsit. That's f- yeah. I forgot how much that song is such a story. Most of my favorite songs are sort of epic tales. Really? Yeah, a few of them on this list are. And then, like, the other ones I was thinking about playing, like, some of my other favorite songs. Like, bands I love are, like, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. Right. You know? Like, I love those, like, what... F- uh, What's the uh, the Decemberists of that song, like the Submariners song or whatever? I don't know that, but... Oh, uh, yeah. And I might, I might be story. mixing them up with someone. Yeah, but it's like an epic tale of like an, an engine driver or whatever. So you're like know. a lyrics guy. Yeah, I'm like a lyrics guy. I think that's why how I ended up getting into hip-hop, too, was because I like lyrics, and hip-hop is close to comedy. You, you know remember, what I mean? Do you remember the first thing you ever listened to as far as music that was really like, that felt authentically yours and not something that was sort of given to you or learned about through someone like your parents? You know, like, you remember the first sort of thing where you felt like this was your 
You and your friends, this is the music you listen to. Oh, that would be the Blue Album, Weezer's Blue Album. Okay. Like most white guys in their mid to late 30s. Yeah. That was like the first album. And like, there's a song about surfing, there's a song about right. Dungeons and Dragons, there's a song about like not knowing how to deal with women. It's like, those are the three <laughs> things I'm going through. That you al- surfed? Uh, yeah, I'm from Long Island, so we all, uh, you know, we would be little beach bums growing up and shit like that. So, like, all of those things together was just like enough for me to be like, this speaks directly to mm-hmm. me. But I think like the first song I ever heard that I went like, I love this song, yeah. and I was old enough to be like, I want to hear more of this song, was Bohemian Rhapsody and like Wayne's World like turned me on. Right. To that. Yeah. But your parents were into that stuff. My parent, my dad, my dad was into music. He and my mom is like a huge Rod Stewart, Elton John, and Billy oh, Joel okay. fan. Uh, and my dad was into like you know he had a record player and he would be like, "This is Jaddy. This is Bruce Springsteen. He's great." You know, like and put. He's on from shit. down where we get the boar's head. <laughs> yeah, uh, J- Bruce has got the best hookup for fucking uh, topical supersat gabagool. Um, Did you like it back then or no? What? Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah. I like Bruce. Yeah. I, it was like the first time you heard like uh, Thunder Road, like you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. Smile, I've never, ever gotten into Bruce Springsteen. Oh, weird. I don't know why. I'm not into it like other people our age are. There's you know people what I mean? who are into the boss, like, oh man. Yeah. He's like Morrissey for Mexican dudes. Right. Like, <laughs> for, like for like white dudes. He's like misfits for Latinos and South yeah. and SoCal. <laughs> it's crazy how yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, I love that. Like, sort of like, there's that. I, I'm sure there's a, a name for the subculture, but like of the SoCal like Latino dudes and gals who uh-huh. love goth shit and misfits. Oh and, yeah. yeah, I mean I know all every that. Hollywood horror nights that I'm at mm-hmm. and uh, haunted hayrides in Los Feliz. Yeah, it's a real big thing. I know. I think it has cool. to go with like La Dia de los Muertos sort of thing. It's yeah. sort of a tie-in. The thing they say about Morrissey is that because Morrissey sounds like. Older Mexican corridos with like these like sad the, the singer songwriter guys, romantic yeah, song. Like, he oh, does. I'm dying. She left. I'm. We're all everything. I'm so sad, so sad. And oh, he does sound sort of, like that. That sort of thing, right? Like a guy you would see playing like over like a scene in a Robert Rodriguez movie. Yeah, like, where there's like a shootout and one guy's going no, no. Some person along today. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking cool. I, I guess mean, that's it. But also, yeah. it's just the thing. I think it just happened. Uh, funny story about the Billy Joel song. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite. Billy Joel song Got it. and my brothers are all big we're all big Billy Joel fans everyone on Long Island is uh, my dad was in uh, the hospital getting uh, a brain surgery because he had brain cancer damn and we, and we were driving home and who this, was this? Uh, this was a long time ago? yeah like 10 years ago okay um, and uh, we were driving home from the hospital and it was like very emotional and then this song came on the on the Sirius because we were listening to the Billy Joel channel so it's not right. that much of a fluke and, and I was just like kind of looking out my brother's window as we drove down the southern state and I'm just like welling up and tears are pouring down my face and, and like the song's over and I turn to my brothers and I'm like Holy shit. And they're both not crying at all. They're like, what's going on? And I was like, I thought we were all in the same headspace. I thought you were about to tell me they were all like, it was like this moment. That's what I thought it was going to be too. When I turned around, they were like, are you crying? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I mean, whoa, we just were in the hospital visiting our dad. Yeah. And you have like a moment with a song. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was just a funny moment of like the rug pulled immediately out from under. John, he's not a fucking fisherman. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, it's so funny. This song, Billy, like... 
takes the role of like a blue collar fisherman yeah. who's like out there fucking busting his ass for stripers. It's just such a it's so Long Island. It mentions so many Long Island specifics, and it's like, and it's also funny for because there is like a weird vibe to Long Island to be like upper middle class, but still consider yourself like you know blue collar. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my father was an you know I mean yeah, I'm an engineer and I make six figures, but you know my father he was a fucking electrician. Dude. There so is something like, about that, right? Yeah. Where people always want to have that connection to something that kind of is, is real. Yeah. As opposed to being just well off. Like finance bros who you know who are like, yeah, dude, so fuck, you know, I got to fucking dig a hole in my yard, you know, because like, I'm a man. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> you don't have to. You just hire somebody to come under with a fucking bobcat <laughs> and do that shit. Get that bobcat, baby. Some actual salt of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Again, regulate. The irony is regulate any about all these song, happy songs you sent me. Good too. I remember listening to this song with the same person in the same bedroom, my friend Jonathan. Be any geek off the street. This is Minnesota. Be handy with the steel. Oh, same guy. That's so weird. His name was also John. This is fucking regulate by Warren G and Nate Dog. With Young Guns, Young Guns quote to start it off. I was listening to it today before the podcast, and I was thinking like how this is so much like. This is that's from Young Guns, right? Young Guns, yeah. You gotta be handy with the steel, yeah. Because there's this phenomenon, a lot of reggae. Where they do There's a ton of reggae artists Who name themselves after Cowboys From cowboy movies Oh really Like uh, there's Lee Van Cleef And there's Clint Eastwood And there's um, Lone Ranger There's all these guys Because they were obsessed With westerns And like sort of that The whole attitude That those that those actors and those characters had. Yeah. And this is basically the same thing. Right. This song is about being in a posse. Yeah. Was yeah. this from that movie Posse? Was it? I don't think so. Did you ever see that movie? The cowboy movie Posse? Yeah. yeah. It's like the one about how in the West four or five cowboys are black. Yeah, no one yeah. No one talks about that. No. I know that but I never actually saw it. My friend Jonathan, who was obsessed with this music. My friend Jonathan's a white guy. Uh, but he was obsessed with black people and black music when we were growing up in Rochester, <laughs> Minnesota. Like obsessed. <laughs> to the point where he would refer to any time because Rochester is very white. It's fucking white as shit, man. It's like super, super white. And he would say he would get so excited whenever he saw someone black. He'd be like, oh, check it out, cool people. Oh, That's what wow. he would say. <laughs> Positive stereotyping, fucking, I think. Oh, is. yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where... They're like, actually, I'm a dork, and I do the uh, white guy comedian voice. Wouldn't matter. He'd yeah. still be like, you're the coolest fucking guy ever. I want to hang out with you. I want to have any approval by uh, you whatsoever. Awesome. All he listened to was, like, Silk. <laughs> and fucking uh, Warren G. Oh, that's awesome! All this, yeah, everything from this era. Yeah, because I have I have a Chronic song on there too. Yeah, yeah. There's like a whole this whole era was like so, man. It's like this, listen to this shit over and over and over again. Oh, fuck yeah, I love this song. This is a sample from uh, some. What is this? A sample you would from, know better than me. I don't. Regulate. I'm not that. I feel like it might be a. Well, this is from Young Guns. The vocals. Who's that talking there? Do you know? But you can't be any geek off the street. Who is it? Gotta, gotta be, be handy, handy with, with the, the steel, steel if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. It's the one. I think it's the one guy whose name I don't know. It's not Kiefer, uh, Amelia, or Charlie. I haven't seen that movie in fucking forever. I just recently rewatched it. Last time I watched it was probably at Bronson Stubby's house during a sleepover. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Bronson Stubby, yeah, Johnny. Let's do it. Let's, let's play this song. Yeah, but you can't let's play it for real. Off the street. Gotta be handy with the seal if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Oh my god, regular. No, no, no. It 
was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warren G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the This is LA so fully, right? This is full on LA. Okay. Chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls. Long Beach, not LA. Rolex. I looked at the brother, said, damn, what's next? They got my homie hemmed up, and they all around. Can't none of them see him if they going straight down for pound. They want to come up real quick before they start to clown. I best pull out my strap and lay them busters down. They got guns to my head. I think I'm going down. I can't believe it's happening in my own town. If I had wings, I would fly. Let me contemplate. I glance in the cut, and I see my homie Nate. Sixteen in the clip, and one in the hole. Nate Dog is about to make somebody's turn go. Now they dropping and yelling. It's a Tad bit late, Nate Dogg and Warren G had to regulate. 16 in the clip and one in the hall. About to make some bodies cold. That's fucking awesome. The funniest thing is that how chill the song is. Yes. That's what I like about it. It is like yeah. a, it's about a, a full-blown shootout. Nice. <laughs> Just so casual. It's like you're watching it after the fact yeah. in slow motion. Yeah. I laid all them busters down. I let my gad explode. Now I'm switching my mind back into freak mode. You oh my skirts God. Sit back and about to get pussy again. Over there on the curve. Now they got the freaks and that's a no fact before I got jacked I was on the same track back up back up cause it's on N-A-T-E and me the woman to the G just like I thought they were in the same spot in need of some desperate pain the Nate Dogg and the G child were in need of something one of them names was sexy as hell I said ooh I like your size she said my chorus broke down and just sing real nice with your let me ride I got a car full of girls and it's going real swell. There's no auto tune in this shit. The next stop is Sounds the so good. Motel. Sex. The motel. Got it, Ed. Pop, pop, what's up, It's that song. To a whole new, new era. G-Funk, step to this, I dare ya. Funk, on a whole new level. The rhythm is the bass Whoa. and the bass is the treble. Chords, strings, we brings, melody. G-Funk, where rhythm is life and life is rhythm. Listeners, John is in the studio having a great time. I love this. It's the G-Funk era. Funk out with the gangster twist. I loved being like a 13 year old white kid and knowing the area codes yeah. of the most hood <laughs> neighborhoods in America. <laughs> so, this is when you were 13, you were really into this. I must have been, maybe younger. Oh shit! Oh, it's it's starting to cross, starting to crossfade. Spoiler. Wait, so what is what is that song? So what does that song mean to you? What is that? What is that? I think, 
You know, because I like I loved hip hop lyrics, uh-huh. and there's some funny stuff in there. Yeah, because like funny turns of phrases, but also it's like such a chill. And of course, the groove is awesome. Yeah, uh, and like maybe it, maybe I had some deep memory of that groove somewhere. I would describe it as unstoppable. Yeah, it's an unstoppable groove, yeah. if you will. And then it's, it's like just a like wave. The lyrics that lay on top of it, they're like. It's so casually badass. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, so we wanted to play some dice. Then these guys stepped to us. We killed them. Then we were like, let's get some pussy. And then we went to the motel. And now we're just telling you about our lifestyle. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just so cool to me. Was it like a thing where you listened to it because, like, it was so different than your... Um Life at that point, so it was like a very exotic thing to hear. Yeah, it, that was part of it. Also, I like until I was like thirteen or fourteen, I went to like a school where white people were the minority, so we had all like okay. So I kind of like grew like hip hop was more prevalent to me as I was younger, and then right. like when I moved to a more white town, it kind of faded, and then I got back into it as I got older. Still, a lot of black friends. Yeah, I had a lot of black and Hispanic friends uh, growing up. And you guys listen to this together? Yeah, I mean, it's just like. It, it's so smooth. And also, I think a big thing back then might have been the ability to sing along to the song, like to know the lyrics, Yeah, which is like kind of... That was a thing. I remember that. Yeah, If you knew the lyrics to the song, it's it's like you know the song and you're you're cool. Right. I remember, this is a little older. This is oh, once I moved I to a white neighborhood, that. so you'll, you can tell. I remember reading the sure shot, the Beastie Boys lyrics, like over and over again, trying to memorize So them. you could sing along to it? So I could just sing along to it. So if it comes on at the party, all of a sudden I'm like, B-Boys making with the freak. You know, like, B-Boys just... are making with the freak freak. <laughs> uh, sure. Short shot. Uh, you rock and you don't. You don't want. You know that's that's yeah. that's uh, something else, Billy. Short shot. What stop. is it? Yeah, you can't. You won't. And you don't. See stop. I can look it up. MC come and rock the short shot. Got the brand new doo doo guaranteed like you who. I'm on like Dr. John. Yeah, Mr. Zuzu. I'm a newlywed, not a divorcee, and everything I do is funky like Lee Dorsey. Well, it's a taking of the Pelham one two three. If you want a doo doo rhyme, then come see me. Savoir faire with unique rhymes. Never quit in time and strictly handheld is the style I go. Never rock the mic with a pantyhose. Strap on my ear goggles and I'm ready to go because at the boards is the man they call Mario. Like that's like I burn that into my head. Wait, is there more? I don't. That's the first verse. I don't know the other two. I think I did the same fucking thing, man. I'm not good with song lyrics either. Even my favorite songs, I don't know all the words. I I don't have tone and I can't clap to a rhythm. I can't do accents. Anything. I think anything that requires like. Listening, I'm not very good at. <laughs> and, I host, and I host a podcast. What do you mean you can't? You're, you're... Uh, no, I can listen. I can't hear. <laughs> okay. I, I'll say I, was... I can listen. Like not, not to get into the white men can't right. jump argument, but I can listen. Right. But I can't hear. I can't. I, know what you're saying. I can't like repeat it. It doesn't come out the way I want it to when I say it. I just get what you're saying. Because yeah. I, I say that a lot. I'll say. Like maybe I'll hear. I heard a song. I listened to that song, but I didn't really hear what you're talking about or hear anything that was like oh yeah I mean, I mean yeah. it's a thing that I think gets overlooked a lot because people a lot of times will just with music it's like quantity versus quality right and, and quality is dig in and really listen to yeah something. quality's hearing it and quantity is listening right. to it yeah also I think part of the reason a lot of these songs are a little older is that you get that your first walkman or your first disc man yeah. you know and then it's like 
when you're a kid, you're just like, put it on your head, and you're like, I have one CD. Now I'm going to listen to these 14 tracks, Offspring Smash, and then get to the end and go right back to the beginning. You got to keep them separated, you know? And then you're just like, listen to it over and over and it's again. it's so important. Yeah, and it's so important. Also, I think because of how old we are, right. we're talking about a time period where there was, you know, not limitless music. Right. Uh, wait, can you get that pop out just now? I just had a, there's a pop in there. We marked that. So I unplugged it. Mm-hmm. Can you say I, that one more time? Because I just want to edit that. You're saying how? I was I saying just, how, like I think from when we were younger right. too, like because you didn't just have like download any song you wanted. When you got two CDs, that was all you listened to. Like if you if you were tired of the radio or you had your like little disc man, so you listened to it so much more. Right, you would just lay in bed and be like, I'm gonna put this song on. Yeah, you you had more time. Now like music is something you do in a, in addition to something else. Yeah, like, oh, I throw on some music and drive. I throw on some music while people are over. I will throw on some music while I write I'll throw on some music while I do my but back then when you were younger you were like I'm putting on my headphones and I'm just like or I'm gonna go in my room and play this song over and over again mm-hmm. you know I'm like I don't have a million choices I'm not on like a curated Pandora playlist I just have yeah. I, ha- I own 40 songs so you can you have to listen to what you have I guess I kind of I feel like I have forgotten about that maybe that's if I take stuff for granted now it's because of that yeah because I have because you remind me something because I want to play this now there um one of the first CDs I ever got was uh maybe the first CD I ever got that was something I still think is good was Fatboy Slim's first album dude I was a huge fat boy. Slim this is going to work out great then, because I, well, on what you're talking about there, I was, um, I had a discman and I had that fat boy slim CD, and we were traveling, probably going to Florida to see my grandma or some shit, some like basic airport trip, and I remember putting on this song. And listening to it on the Walkman while walking through the airport, and I've never, I mean, it was probably the first time in my life I felt something that was truly, personally cinematic. Right. Sometimes, especially with the, like, the big beat stuff, it can really sound like a score. And then when you're like... Just walking through the world. Yeah. You could be walking through It feels like mushrooms. (laughs) And you're like... Yeah, yeah. it feels so fucking cool. So I'm going to play this song. I think this is the first track. I think this is probably the one I think about the most when it comes to... That's the other thing about if you're listening to it on CD or tape. Often the first song is the one, no matter if it's the single or not, is the one you remember the most. Like My Name is Jonas is song one on... uh, Right? On Weezer Blue album? I don't see. I'm I'm walking to the airport. I'm probably like 12, 13. Young Johnny Pemberton enters the Twin Cities airport. He pops in his discman after going through... Oh, you know what? There were no metal detectors. Right. Pre-9-11. Oh, my God. This shit's just ripping. Dude. This album is still just perfect. It's still good. Mm-hmm. All my friends were into ska and punk. Uh-huh. And, uh, as a, and I didn't like it. And as a reaction, I got into these guys, Chemical Brothers and uh, Prodigy. Right. And Orbital and, like, all the big Dude. stuff of, like, the... Chemical Brothers. Jesus fucking Christ. And, uh, I, have a, uh, where, I used to say Fat Boy Slim is fucking in heaven. Fat Boy Slim is fucking, fucking in heaven. heaven. Here it is. Yeah. Walk. It's just. You're in your own world. Walking through the fucking air, airports. Okay, oh, great. I'm getting a fucking voicemail. Just ruined. <laughs> voicemail just ruined the song. You know what I mean? It's that thing where, like. Yeah. And it helps that there's no lyrics to, like, guide oh, yes. you. Yeah. There's no lyrics. You're just in your own head. Ugh. This is song for Lindy. Such a catchy fucking song. You can see this in, like, a Quentin Tarantino knockoff of the yeah. 90s. Like, 
uh, the big shot, big shot, whatever that one was called. You could put this song to literally anything and it would seem cool. Yeah. Like someone falling down the stairs. <laughs> it seems like they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> the best is the bridge on this song. It just like rips. Because this is like it's like a throwback now. Now we're back in like a like early. House. Now it's like sandstorm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it's like a bunch of like dudes, like British dudes in Birmingham with their collars popped, sweating their motherfucking faces off. Mouthful of glow sticks. Mouthful of glow sticks in Carlsberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! This is a fucking greatest roadless fucking gold mine. Oh, oh love you! This is the greatest fucking oil ever. Oh love big beat, big beat for that boy fucking slim. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> And that bass Yeah, that rattles you <laughs> That's the brown note, baby See him live? Ah, uh, no. Good. Amazing. I bet. I saw him live in Minneapolis at the Quest Club, which is Prince's old club. Oh shit! I didn't realize how nice that club was until I went to other places. Like, oh, this place is—it's yeah. great. Ah oh, man, I think also getting into that music when I did really affected my current taste in music because I really like synthy stuff yeah. and like Tangerine Dream and even going back and learning about older shit like Prague. Prague yeah I'm really into that stuff now like John Carpenter soundtracks yes. and like all that shit is like and I think it's because of Electronica and Big Beat when I was 13 that John Carpenter man uh, can I throw away all my other picks and put on another yeah. uh, no we can we can do full, yeah. full on audibles here. after this I want to listen to a, another kind of Big Beat song that made me go crazy when I first heard it you just like unlocked a whole like firing of neurons and all memories. I forgot about all this stuff too. It's kind of almost like I almost have trouble listening to a little bit of this stuff because it's so enriched with memory. It's almost things where I don't always want to be. You know what I mean? It's like a thing where it's like having a piece of chocolate cake for breakfast. It's right, a little right. bit like, too yeah, much. I don't need this right now. I yeah. just put on some music that I can put in the background. I saw this guy live with some friends. I don't know how old I was. I think I was under 21. He, his name is Norman Cook. That's the Fatboy Slim's name. He uh, comes, he's a bald, shaved head dude. Looks like a, just your average, like, you know, football hooligan guy, right? <laughs> comes on stage. There was a, pet, uh, a pedestal in the middle of the dance floor. He wasn't in the back like normal DJs are. He's in the middle of the dance floor on a rotating round pedestal. He comes up, walks up there through the crowd. He has a handle of Minute Maid orange juice, a bottle of vodka, like a whatever it's, you know, normal size of vodka, yeah. and a pack of cigarettes. And what he does is he plays records and DJs until all three of those are gone. 
Really? That's what he does. He drinks like a gallon of screwdrivers and smokes a pack of cigs. And he has a smile on his face the entire time. Oh, God. It's like, it was was one of the most inspiring things to see. Because I used to DJ a lot. And I see this guy, like, this is how you're supposed to do it. Just right. like so fuck he loves every song he's playing. He's doing it for himself, but we happen to be able to participate. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's so exciting. It's like the perfect mixture of uh, what do you call it? Like uh, service and self-service. It's like this, right. Oh, yeah, just fucking. And it's kills appreciative me. to see how much he's getting out of it. Oh man, because then like, you feel like less guilty that he's playing for you if he seems yeah. to be enjoying it. Like he's right there uh, and the thing's spinning. He's like smoking and drinking, making his own drinks, <laughs> and he's just like going nuts, like making eye contact with people who are just like. Oh, oh. <laughs> so fucking cool. I don't know how he's still alive. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that guy OJ, fucking rips. Vitamin C, dude. That fucking antioxidants, bro. Oh yeah, that's it, the OJ. The OJ, baby. Okay, now now we did that. I want to hear what the the thing you're talking. Uh, made you think about something. Uh, should we edit DJ Shadow organ donor? Okay, I'm typing it in here. Yeah, I'm typing Someone it out in there here. Likes it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they definitely like it. Organ donor by DJ. So that's the thing about DJ. I was into DJ Shadow very much much later than um. Everyone else. This is off of his album Introducing. This is like a fucking. This is one of the most important albums ever made. Like modern albums. Yeah? I don't know much about it except that this song got stuck. You're not going to need a song where they got a little bit of. Or- <laughs> this right. shit well, is you, fucking high. Mean, this but- shit is. Yeah, it's. So it's one of those songs. You can't. You can't have this song in a movie because. It's better than whatever you're shooting. You couldn't pay attention. So why there's no fucking Otis Redding in movies? Because it's like, well, now it's Otis Redding's movie. Yeah, except you can't listen to it. Great reference. That shout out to my friend Bob Link. He's the one who came up with that Otis Redding idea. Yeah. Shout out, what's up, Bobby? Fuck, man. This is also before you had to clear samples. Yes. So this is like heyday. Prime. Such a short song. Josie Wales. <laughs> There's a rig again in Josie Wales. Of course. So there you go. This is it, right? Yeah, I think okay. so. This is the part I know. Damn yeah. That's all that matters. That was a, yeah, that little riff in the middle I didn't recognize. It was awesome. It's so crazy because it's just there's nothing to it. Yeah, it's so good. He just took a so baroque. I don't know much. Sample. I don't know much about DJ Shadow. Right. I don't know much about him either. But you're saying like this album was cracked yeah, it was open. A, it's like a it was a big deal for just that type of music back then because it was uh, he's one of the first people to do that type of thing where he was taking. He was a DJ. Yeah. And he put on an album, and it wasn't. It was made up. It was comprised of samples. There was no one rapping over it. Right. So that was like a... I think he was like the first person to do that in a way that made it really popular. I'm probably misspeaking completely 
and you can go on the Discord and talk all the shit you fucking want and <laughs> everything. But there's definitely something about this album. I mean, even this album cover. I remember going record hunting in New Orleans with some friends because when I was in college, Florida State went to New Orleans for a weekend. Oh, I'm going to New Orleans next month. Ooh, very excited. What for? Partying. Really? Yes, my wife and some friends. Because you going for Jazz Fest? Actually, Jazz Fest is no. This I weekend. think we passed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's gonna be hot, baby. It's gonna be hot as fuck. It's be hot dude. as flark. I'm gonna be pouring Miller High Life's on my head. Ooh, that's gonna be fun. I can't wait. I love that place. When's the last time you were there? I haven't been there in a couple of years. Dude, you know what? This is so fucking perfect because. Uh, I was about to. I wanted to play something that I forgot, and I remembered it. You were talking about that sure shot. The sh- lyrics to sure shot. Yeah. Mentioned Lee Dorsey. Yeah. And when I heard that, it was well before I had any idea who the fuck Lee Dorsey was. Yeah. You know who he is? Is he a baseball player? This is cool, man. I'm See? glad I get to tell you about this. Because I don't know. Lee Dorsey is a musician, a singer in New Orleans. Oh, everything I do is funky like Lee Dorsey. Yeah. 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 He is. I mean, he's one of the hardest. He was a mechanic in like Ninth Ward. And uh, he was a badass. I think he may have been a pimp at one time. If he wasn't, he was one of those guys who... It's like there's pictures of him holding, aiming a gun at the camera, smiling. Yeah, he's that like one of those guy. guys who's like uh, happens to also be a, mu- a great musician in addition to yeah. like, some sort of weird. And he is just he's scary, but he's also he to me he always represented that thing where just the skinny you know those, those skinny guys who you won't fuck with. Yeah, it's that it's that character like. You're scared of a guy who probably couldn't kick your ass, but... There's just something dark about it. There's something where it's like, you just don't want to see them stop smiling. There's like just something generally unsettling about the person. And I think half of what I just said is probably true about Lee Dorsey. A lot of it, I think, (laughs) has has come come in my mind. But I've been listening to like... I've been really into New Orleans R&B for a long time. Like, stuff from the late 50s, early 60s is to me some of the greatest music I ever recorded because oh, there's a guy Alan Toussaint who's a producer down there he produced so many great records it was like one of the first the first times in American history where uh, music was black owned and produced uh, which is like pretty I guess it's pretty rare in terms of like there being a recording studio that's owned by blacks and produced and all all the things like yeah. all the things so it was like a, a real sense of ownership as opposed to this thing where you're being, being ripped off by some white dude yeah Named Maury. But there's this Maury. song I heard recently for the first time that is so fucking... Like, I can't believe I've never heard this song before. But to me, it's one of the the greatest Lee Dorsey songs from this uh, label. I guess it's 2C or it's... um, What's it called? Sue. It's all the same label. It's all yeah. Alan Toussaint producing Lee Dorsey singing. And this is the same band, too. But this song's called Little Bay B. B-A-B-Y. Since you up and put me down, I just can't see my way around it, baby. It's just stinky. It smells like it smells like a fucking rotten dumpster. Since you up and put me down, I just can't see my way around it, girl. Even though you got me wrong, you can always come back home, baby. simple, you know? I love it. Won't you reconsider, child? Loneliness is driving me wild. 
This is the killer shit. This is so fucking good. Set you up and put me down. I just can't see my way around. I feel like I've heard this song before. That yeah, that riff must have been in a movie maybe or something. Maybe also. I think there's there's a lot of repetitive stuff in Toussaint's music. Oh, so like maybe I recognize like that, that piano, shadow of it or something. That kind of like I don't know how to describe it. But that that boogie where he's kind of like going down and then tagging back up yeah. as he goes down. It's also all the same musicians. Oh, it's just the fucking meters. The Zigaboo Modeliste, George Porter Jr. and fucking some other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, my sun will shine it well. Book and a book, that's everywhere. This loneliness is driving me wild and seconds I can like build a house on that there's so much and so little going on at the same yeah. time so that's cool. the killer with that stuff I mean it, honestly it makes me like it gives me like tangles because you hear it and just it's so I don't know something about some of that stuff I just can't it seems to be it's so simple it's like what the fuck man how did you how did that happen like how did how did you make something that's so it's like a it's like a brick yeah it, it just, just works. It just, nothing, just does what it does. Ugh. It's like so, a stone that uses a hammer or something. Yeah. <laughs> just, you can't, uh, the density of it. It's funny you said, I can't believe I hadn't heard this song before. Isn't that like the highest compliment uh, a joke or a song can have is like, I can't believe I haven't previously heard this? Yeah, cause, well, because I, I, I heard it recently yeah. for the first time. I and was like, how like, is it like, or like a good one for like the joke is like, I can't believe no one's said that before. Yeah. You know, like when a joke is just so like, oh my God, that's such a normal interest. Like it's so. Everyone thinks that, but no one says No it. one knows how to say it the way you're saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just such like those perfect, I feel like uh, not to shift to comedy conversation, but like I think Mulaney does that very well of just like he's great with that. that is just like the most evergreen premise but you have some you have such a take on it or you're just pointing out something that was I couldn't believe no one else has made this joke before yeah I feel yeah. like so much of that is about tone because you some person someone else could do it but it wouldn't be the same because it be just because yeah there's something like, about being naturally hysterical yeah. too Whoa. it's like covering that even covering all those songs when people cover them outside of the era, it doesn't cook the same because no, it's just a like way too that clean or not fu- you know not fuzzy enough something. Yeah, because yeah. it's almost like those songs are kind of kind of cheap. They're like really kind of they just they just they feel like a car that's gonna fall apart, but it somehow it stays together. Right. Yeah. A well-made car. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what it is. A well-made car with 300,000 miles on it rather than a brand new Prius. And how, like, it's, a, it's a, also that thing I feel like some people, you know, because someone can make something work more than someone else. Like, oh, this person has the the nicest, most expensive thing. Yeah. You got this fucking great car, but this person is... Is a better driver. Better, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's that. And yeah. I feel like that's the case with so much so much music stuff like that from those right. eras where yeah. it's just, you can't... It, it doesn't exist outside of the moment. Unless right. well, 
It's been recorded, thank fucking God. Also, yeah, it's weird because it's like those guys who came up with this song didn't have this song before. Yeah. So, like, they're pulling it out of the air. They're mm -hmm. making magic. Trying to recreate magic in any way is just never, you know, like covering something is never going to be as powerful because mm -hmm. unless it's like a completely new take on something. Yeah. You know? And then you're a lot, like, then you're pulling up to being equivalent, you know, like all along the watchtower or whatever, you know? Right. Like something where the cover is like, this is also the cover really. Is the song. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not, I mean, Dylan wrote it, right? But yeah. I mean, everyone knows Hendrix. Right. There's a few, like, uh, what's that? Blinded by the light, right? Rap, what? Man for Man song? Yeah, but wasn't that someone, wasn't that like uh, Bruce first or someone? Bruce Springsteen wrote Yeah. I could be wrong. Dude, I don't know. It was somebody else's song. Someone else wrapped up a douchebag in the middle of the night? <laughs> wrapped up like a douchebag douche in the middle of the night. <laughs> should we play one more song? Yeah, do you want to play one more song off of my list or just uh, now that I we're off we should, the... I think we should play some off your list. I think the one you were going to play doesn't, next... It doesn't have to be a list. It could be anything you think of right now. Yeah, I think it's the song that almost played before on the crossfade. Which is the... Queen song. Queen, okay. Yeah, because that's like my... They're like my favorite band. Can you say a few things about yourself real quick? Sure. I'm John Gabris, six foot two, trying to be under 300 pounds. <laughs> More hey, things about myself? You know, like uh, tell people, um, hey, this is John Gabris. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, who's <laughs> today? I'm Johnny Pemberton. My guest is John Gabris. John has a, a, bunch, a bunch of incredible podcasts you can listen to. Yes, that's true. You can called? listen to High and Mighty uh -huh. and maybe listen to the breakfast episode with one Johnson Pemberton. Tinson. Yes, that's you, baby. <laughs> I also have a podcast called Raised by TV. Raised by TV with Lauren Lapkus. That's correct. A great person. A huge person. A huge person. Over a seven feet tall. Freak of a person. A freak of a person who somehow gets beyond being a freak and does a great job at just being good. <laughs> What else? That is correct. Anything else? That is. I want people to go to your Instagram. People can check me out at Gabrus. G A B R U S on Twitter and Instagram. Please go to my Instagram. Look at pictures of my wife and my travels and comment on them. Please. And don't comment if your profile is private because I don't. I want to look at you. Unprivate your profile so we can look. Everyone, look. make your public prof make your profiles public. Look, we're in relationships. We just want to look. We just want to look. I just want to read the menu. I'm not ready to order. I just want to read the menu. I might never order. I'm probably going to stay ordering at the restaurant I've been ordering at forever. I'm 100% going to keep eating at this restaurant, but I might go in the shower and crank off thinking of a different meal I had once. I might just consider the option of eating a different meal, but not actually order. And I may... I'll leave a tip. I'll leave a nice tip. I'll leave a nice tip for you. But I can tell you what, I can't do that if you don't open the door to the fucking restaurant and at least let me consider. Unlock your restaurant. Unlock your restaurants. What are you hiding from? Lock the gates. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark Marin, and I suggest you lock those gates. Get out of here, Mark. Have you ever been on Marin's podcast? No, have you? No, I haven't. I don't think I would ever be for some reason. I think at this point, I don't have anything to tell him. I haven't already told everyone else. <laughs> That's 100% <laughs> true. I would only be repeating stories I've already repeated on my own podcast and or yours. Hi, I'm Barack Obama. <laughs> Last night I did a show at the Improv and I've closed by saying thank you. I'm Louis C.K. Good night. <laughs> That's a fun thing to do. Sorry, Louis. <laughs> 
Your name is a punchline. Hi, I'm Louis C.K. Thank you for being the eight people in the audience of this. Pieces, you're all pieces of shit. I'm better than all of you. Hi. Yep. This is the most fun of the voices. It is. It's a good one. This. I'll give you a really good one. Oh, here we go. This is a good one. Um, let me see if I can get it there. Um, this is a good one here. This is a good one. Does it feel kind of oh, I like this one. This yeah. one's cute. It's like, oh my god, we're here for like, we're, we're only there for a weekend, but um, we're only there for a weekend, but somehow Danielle found a way to fucking fuck the bouncer. Oh, sounds like Danielle. <laughs> oh, wait, let me guess. Did he have sideburns? Yeah, he had sideburns. Anyone who has sideburns, you're just like, oh my god, I'm ready for you, I'm ready to do it. And I want Dylan McKay fucked her up for life. I know, and he's such an asshole, and she's such a sweet girl. She's so sweet. <laughs> she's such a sweet girl. She's such a sweet girl. I mean, I don't like. Whatever she's doing with her, like, hair and face now is fucking disgusting. So, we were but she's such a sweet girl. I so, love her. I love her. She's, she's like so one of my best friends. Honestly, like, that car she's driving, yeah. uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm pretty much sure that if you think about something like that, then you're pretty much going to be there the whole fucking time if you don't want to I know. I know. I pretty much know. Every I, time, every time I, I'm in the thing, I'm like, pretty much, like, get me the fuck out of here. I'm like, what is this? A fucking, you know, <laughs> And I'm like, I'm going, and she, I mean, like, pretty much, I can't find a way to get. Uh, another drink? Yeah. Help me. <laughs> this feels like... This feels... <laughs> help me. That feels like the voice. That feels like the voice. Like, you open up like... Someone's like, I have one of the eighth wonders of the... One of the eight wonders world. They open it up and you go, Help me. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Are you some help in there? What's going on? I'm a little scorpion with a human head. Help me. Okay, so wait, you're telling me that if I wish for more wishes, it'll cause a singularity? That's correct. Okay, wish for more wishes. <laughs> Of the this is like fucking 
fantasy metal. Yes, that's why I like it. Do you like Sonata Arctica or Rhapsody? Uh, no, but I want to listen to it. Okay. Now. You love them. We were going to be princes of the Talk about you. <laughs> All over the place. Yeah. Montauk. I'm a fisherman. I have inside me blood of kings. <laughs> <laughs> Brian May, I can't. This is. I'm getting a speeding ticket if this comes on in yeah. the car. Also, if you're gonna start a fight with me, and I can all, I, you can't hear it, but I can. I lose one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, dog, baby, that was bad. That song's rad. I never heard it before. Oh, never. it's so fucking good, dude. Damn. And I. You heard it a little bit in uh, Down Easter Alexa. I told you Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody was like one of the first songs that really hit me. Right. Even Regulators has it. I love that like epic yeah. story. Excuse me, epic storytelling sort of like I'm gonna tell you a tale. And when you said fantasy metal, I'm like I'm a diehard fantasy reader. I love D and D and all oh, that shit. shit. So. Dude, you would love. There's a band called Rhapsody. They're from Italy. They are just the parts of that song that are that are like that. Yeah. That's all they do. It's just mounting. It's like really, it's like Ren Fair meets a band. Yeah, like there was a I think a band called The Sword that I listened to. Probably for a while. that was like a, a lot metal. Of them now. Yeah, yeah. Some of them really lean into it hard, and it's a little bit like wink, wink. Yeah. But Rhapsody is not wink, wink. Yeah. Oh, it awesome! Is, I will check it out. Same with Sonata Arctica. Sonata Arctica is a little more wink, wink. Like, hey, we're kind of doing this, but we love it. Yeah. It is absurd. It is like just uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's just the most absurd. Indulgent, fantastical. I love that cinematic, shit. sweeping, Cin- quote unquote metal. All the adjectives up until the word metal you used are what yeah. I like. Like in music, like sweeping, mm-hmm. epic tales. You know, like this, like that. I, I want to send. I want to make a playlist of it now. Do I'll, it, yeah. If you make a playlist, we'll share it publicly here for the live to tape TV show, also known just available on radio. <laughs> John, thanks for being here. Yeah, I can't believe you got a full studio audience in a. Yeah, <laughs> hey guys, thanks for being so fucking quiet. I really appreciate it. I think and Pam I Fryman directing it. I yeah, love that. I mean, I don't know what it is, but uh, she's directing. It. <laughs> is that like someone? Is that someone of note? No, she's just like probably the most prolific TV director of now. Triple, triple style. 
Triple style? Like, you know, uh, tri- <laughs> three camera? <laughs> multi cam? Yeah, multi. Oh, oh, she does yeah. both, yeah. Um, I'm on a triple style show. <laughs> Is your show triple style? You ever done triple style? Um, I'm auditioning for the new triple style sitcom, please. Have you ever done triple style show? Triple style, triple style, triple style. No, I don't even think I've ever guest starred on No, I've guest starred on a multi cam. I never have. Oh. Someday though, maybe. Then. I mean, okay. I think if you want to work in TV, <laughs> starting now, you're going to be on a multicam, right? Isn't every show like single cam? Oh, right, because they're so fucking cheap to make. They're so cheap to make. Uh, we're just uh, just a couple guys talking about the industry now. Oh, are we always? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think about that. It's pretty. It's pretty much. You want to make a multicam? You need my boy Johnny Valentino. <laughs> this is playing us out. This is. Uh, Flower Traveling Band, Satori number one. Ooh. This is a little harder. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Love you. Love you, John.